Yeah, meanwhile, our listeners are probably trying to mentally unpack this picture of um, a fish on a wheel. Fish on a wheel. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. You used the expression. I don't know whether you were trying to go with like the hamster on the wheel or... Did I say fish on the wheel? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe that's what it sounded oh, at, like. I'm sure. I'm I can't sure, think of... I'm, I'm sure it'll turn up in the opening, Matt, and we can listen back to it then. <laughs> Little Australia, you know, very small uh, fish in the AB InBev wheel. Wheel, wheel, wheel. Thanks to Cryo Malt, a grain of truth in every podcast. This is Good Brews Week, and we're back for 2019. I am your host, Pete Professor Pilsner Mitchum, and joining me yet again for another year for episode 201, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. G'day, Pete. Happy New Year. And to you too, and to all our listeners. Hopefully, it's been a happy new beer so far, a good and um, solid festive season. If my Facebook feed and that sort of thing has got anything to say about it, there was certainly lots of communing. There was lots of family. There was lots of celebrating, um, which I think, and it's always good to see, you know, just smattered with the odd picture there of some nice beers on the table um, because I'm aware, as I'm sure you are, that there are quite a few family functions where you go to and, and, and there's a lot of mainstream fare and it's nice to see the odd one just sort of just sort of dotted in there. Yeah, I, I actually had a uh, fairly uh, social media free Christmas prof. I just, yeah, just, no, no, I didn't do the whole, I'm going to digital detox uh, or anything yeah. like that. I just sort of found that I didn't want to, you know, like I had a lovely, uh, as listeners know, had a nice holiday to Fiji. Um, took some great photos. I just didn't want to do the old, you know, my life's better than yours um, posts, you know. <laughs> because, yeah. And, and conversely, I just didn't want to wade in. And I saw, you know, I saw some lovely posts, lots of beer and meat photos from you. Uh, the few times I waited in to re- reply to messages on Facebook, but yeah, and I, I just, uh, but I, from what I did see, people had a good time. So hopefully, everyone had a wonderful Christmas. Yeah. Um, one thing I did that I'd like to share with our, yourself and our listeners is um, I had need for uh, a gardener for a family member um, who's yeah have some health issues, whatever, and, and I just couldn't. It was just beyond my, uh, you know, my my tool capacity, and you know, uh, lugging the lawnmower around, and I would have had to hire a brush cutter and all sorts of things. But anyway bloke sort of came out to, to quote on it a lovely bloke who's a mechanical engineer and he's sort of fr- thrown in the corporate thing because he traveled the world and all that sort of thing his wife's a travel agent so she's traveled the world they just want to kind of you know be a bit normal for a while so he, he packed it all in and and has taken on a you know a franchise gardening round and uh he came around uh, and we were sort of you know reasonably pushed for for time to do it and he said mate i'll come around and do it christmas uh, christmas eve i goes, no no i said you can't do that he goes, no, no, that's fine. I'll sneak it in. You know, we'll get it out of the way for you. You know, help you out, and then you kind of start the new year fresh. So, what a great bloke. I said, mate, what do you drink? He goes, oh, look, I'm not a big, a big beer drinker, and honestly, mate, I just, I just like lagers. So I thought, look, I'll do the right thing. So I, um, I picked up a case of uh, Hawker's Lager and uh, Stomping Ground Laneway Lager, and and gave those to him on top of the. Um, the fee for doing it because I thought, you know, mate, he's, he's taking time out, whatever. I got this absolutely glowing, like he, he was just, he was absolutely humbled. He was just, he, he was so effusive, just so, so thankful. He goes, no, mate, I can't believe, I can't take all. I said, mate, just, just take it. It's all right, you know. It's, I'm in the biz. Oh, you've got him at a good price. All yours, you know. You've, you've, you've earned it. 
Anyway, I got a, a really nice text message from him uh, just after Christmas. So he had taken the beers and shared them with family who don't normally drink the beer and just sort of was gushing just over how surprised he was at just how good, um, you know, the beer was. So just one of those just one of those things. You just never know. You, you never know. Actually, I was going to touch base with this with one of the stories that we're going to talk about, but it's uh, apropos um, now over – you know, talking to people over Christmas, I spoke to a, a, you know, a lot of um, you know, people who, don't, who say, I'm not a beer drinker or you know, I, I don't really like beer, you know, almost apologetically because they know what you do. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the number of people who identified that way over Christmas but then told me, oh, have you been to X brewery up on the Sunshine Coast? I was up on the Sunshine Coast and I went to this brewery. Geez, it was awesome. And you know, th- these were a whole lot isn't of... That, yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, because because I think I think of did you ever visit breweries like you went on holidays but you didn't go to the local brewery probably because either there wasn't one or it wasn't an open to the public kind of well affair. you did and, and you dragged you know it was always oh okay we got to go to the brewery with dad and then we'll go to the beach or then we'll go do what the rest <laughs> of the family wants to do you know dad's got to do this but these breweries that are opening um, are becoming you know the the Brewery bar is becoming what the you know, beer garden wants. You know, when you used to, so the kids had a pink lemonade. Yeah, and a pack of exactly. Chips, yeah. Um, and it becomes the place. It, it's people aren't going there because they're craft beer nerds or anything like that. They're going because it's the fun, relaxed, inviting place for people, where to people go. Are, I, I can get a feed. Mum can get a glass of bubbles or a shardy or whatever. Dad can can nerd out and you know get a paddle or whatever like that. And like you say, you know the kids are looked after as well. It, it is very different, and it's and it's also I think because it, they're probably a little bit more, I don't know, is it are they more family friendly than say you know a inverted commas pub you know the local you know the corner pub kind of thing, or are we just moving more towards uh, if I'm going to drink a beer, then drinking it at the source must be better. I think there's a little bit of column A and column B. I think they are much more family friendly. If you look at most pubs, um, which you know, they appeal to everybody and no one. Um, certainly some of the bigger yeah. pubs in, in, in Queensland. Melbourne's a little bit different because you've got some great little pubs down there. But the, the bigger pubs here, owned by Coles and Woolies, um, Cookie Cutter, um, they're basically Pokey's Dens. Any place that's open, you know, with the sign out the front, guaranteed open till 3am, you know who they're um, targeting. <laughs> <in>. um, <laughs> and there's just nothing welcoming um, about that um, Unless you're there to drink um, or play pokies um, and drink heavily, there's there's not a big um, a, a attraction to go there because it's just not a charming place. Whereas craft breweries, yeah. they tend not to open on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights, which are the quiet nights. So the Wednesday, th- you know, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays that they're open, um, you know, they don't need yeah. to just sort of crowd people in to try and make up for the nights that they're there as a service. Um, so just the feeling of them is a little bit different. Um, but then the, the offer, um, and, and sitting and drinking in the shadow of the um, stainless um, just adds to the experience. Agreed. I'd be keen to get our listeners' thoughts on uh, any craft beer epiphanies that you were responsible for. Were you, were you, you know, drinking along the road to Damascus and, you know, all of a sudden uh, came upon a, a weary traveller and, uh, you know, shared your love of craft beer with them and opened their eyes to something new? Sorry, a little bit biblical on um, episode 201. Um, 
speaking of which, uh, feedback on episode two hundred. I just had some really I nice. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I mate, mate, it was it was it was fun to do. Um, I have to say, I've, I've just sort of listened back to bits of it. Um, I haven't listened to the whole two hours, but uh, yeah, had some really good feedback. Um, people. Uh, in, in enjoyed it. The, the people that were there had a good time, and uh, no, it was just a really nice catch. We had gee, I'd, when I look back at the photo, um, Prof, and I, I love that photo of all of the people that are on it because everyone was just sort of uh, on a bit of a high at the end of the show, and I just sort of thought, yeah, yeah, we had a really great um, crew um, along that day, and some really interesting feedback. Yeah, and look to um, you know the guys at Sessionable, the guys at Ale of a Time, and all those others. Um, I, I get what it's all about now, where you, you do a podcast, but you're drinking as you do it. <laughs> like like you're talking about beer, but you can wet the whistle. It's just you know responsibly and and sensibly, but it's just uh, it, it 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 yeah. The end of it was probably went a bit long, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of like a it, like you say, it was a, it was a nice high. It was a nice buzz on it. Yeah, which is what which is what beer is supposed to do. It's its whole purpose. Yeah, although we just as, as put we a bit of a buzz on. Do make the point we um record it. You know, it's what quarter to ten. Um, yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I I envy those guys who can who can do it. So, but uh, yeah. Hey, um, just coming out of episode 199, which was the one that we recorded at the end of the year, we uh, uh, buy prof a beer. Um, I I, I su- suggested. <laughs> um, did did I forward this email to you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My, my friends at Modus, uh, Johnny Bucknell. Um, yeah, Johnny sent us a, <laughs> sent us a couple a couple of cold ones in the mail. So do you want to which, I, to which I'm which I'm taking down to um I'm taking down to Phillip Island with okay, me. Okay, so I haven't reviewed them yet, so we'll hold that over no, to next no. episode. Okay, so thank you, Modus. There, there, there just wasn't room in the in the food fridge. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> there, was, there was too much food in the beer fridge, and um just we, we, yeah, just our fam, family situation. We have um we split over. To, I do all the cooking, so I've got a lot of food ordered, and and there just wasn't enough room for. Uh, there was only you know sort of uh, had to ration it to you know daily. Uh, stipend sort of thing and the problem with 500 real cans is i've got a really good shelf um that i can actually hide some beers down behind the uh the dips uh and dairy um but, but the 500 <laughs> don't fit there and i didn't want to lay them down so yeah. they're coming and then there's a bit of a commitment to a 500 you don't have that that's right and then sort of get about you know particularly some of the bigger beers you know you, that's it you, you you want to relax um with, with the 500 mil beers so but but yeah but listeners um and particularly listeners in the trade um if you missed the last episode, uh, Megan and I often get sent beers to, to try and those sorts of things from people who want to sort of uh, you know get a bit of a mention on social media um, or on the site, which is great, um, and, and we do do it. But Pete often misses out, so uh, you don't need to send beers to all three of us. Just no, but it, it's fine. It's fine. You don't uh, actually, shout to out to Richard Watkins. I, I was having a um, not an off-the-record chat, just a just a friendly chat um, about a beer festival coming up and some ideas we've got for uh, activating there. And he said, oh, actually, mate, I should send you some beer. And the next thing I know, yeah, beer's arrived from from Ben Spoke as well. So thank you very much <laughs> to those guys. But I don't, think, I don't think Richard listened to the, the podcast. I don't think that was it. I think that was just him, you know, saying, you know, I see you're always posting about the our beer and it's you know it's not like you're not saying nice things about us so you know um, flick us your address so thank you Rich and uh, and Georgie and all the crew up there at Benspoke. Let's get on with the news. News. Um, not a lot happening, but I guess the first one and the one that's generated a fair bit of um, activity on the interwebs is um, Townsville City Council um, has approved a lion-owned microbrewery and tap house. 
Is this? I haven't uh, honestly haven't had a chance to read right through and, and get myself across the details. But is it like a you know a, a like a thirsty squire, a charming squire, a rogue squire, a dirty squire? No, no. I think or, it's going to be a... more like the um, Kosciuszko um, and uh, you know Byron Bay and Umundi. So. Um, okay. It, it, it's a but, really interesting one. So for for listeners that haven't seen it, and there's a link in the show notes, um, Lion has got approval to open the Tiny Mountain Brewery um, down on the sort of water in Townsville. Um, not very far. I was up there a couple of weeks before Christmas and you know, had a few beers at the Townsville Brewery and then walked along to check uh, the site of the new um, Townsville Brewery. And it's not very far away, but it, it's a quite a prime location in what is regarded as the um, dining precinct for or the emerging dining precinct um, the interesting thing is that the existing Townsville brewery has you know, put in an objection um, to the council approval saying that you know because they don't have a kitchen they haven't applied for a, a kitchen so it just sounds like it's going to be a brewery and tap room um, that you know not having food is a problem uh, that it's in a high density area and, and it was interesting that a brewery that's not too far away is appealing against you know a brewery on potentially spurious grounds that you know wanting to avoid the competition and I should um, just apologize oh, sorry to catch you off Matt um, but in the same way that your magpie that was um, causing some noise was scared off by the crow that I just heard in, uh, in your background um, I've left the front door open uh, it's Christmas recycling, so in about <laughs> ten <laughs> seconds you, you're going to hear everything that I drank. Um, it is a lot quieter because actually a lot more cans than um, than bottles, so you don't hear the you know, the glass quite so much. But just apologies in advance. Okay. Um, yeah. So so what, what what are your thoughts? Like competition uh, or or collaboration? Like it, I, I, and I look at um, uh, for example. So let's let's put Marrickville as a very obvious, you know, low hanging fruit kind of example. They're not they're not cutting each other's throats. They're they're actually they're bringing more people there because if I'm making a big trip, I've got four or five places I can go to, and yeah. while I'm here, I might get some you know uh, coffee roasted, and I might get uh, you know a artisan bread, and I might get you know whatever else is around. And and, and that's the big thing, I guess. Um, you know, and Chris Sheehan is the lion brewer who is. Uh, setting it up and he is you know much loved. okay so he yeah because he he recently set up Yamundi. he's he's working you know brewing at Yamundi, but he works you know down to byron bay and um he's also setting up uh, townsville and he's you know so very highly regarded by all of the craft breweries um on the sunshine coast he really goes mm. out of his way to collaborate with them you know provide technical support and advice um yep. you know yep. gets them all together for a monthly uh chat about you know what they can do and you know things and just they a can terrific bloke and, just, and he's a, a lovely tradi- bloke. Yeah, and, and, he, and he does work for the big house. And, you know, that does carry some baggage, but he's really gone out of his way to overcome that on a, on a personal level. Um, so but at the same time, you feel a little bit for um, a brewery that's sort of been operating in Townsville for a while and suddenly Lion comes in. And Lion's strategy with these things, um, the council has limited their production to 200,000 litres a year. Now... As we know, um, you know, coming up to one of the stories we're going to be talking about about the percentage. Lion has a big whack of the uh, beer production and consumption in Australia. Two hundred thousand litres is a drop in the bucket for them. So, but just on that, Matt, is that just what they can produce out of that facility? So they could still they could bring kegs of Little Creatures or Kosciuszko or any of their other brands in from their other facilities and pour it through there, couldn't they? It's just what is the two hundred. Two hundred thousand liters is all they can produce, produce. Um, because of the industrial, um, yeah, sort of 
it's an industrial zone inside a suburban or in a residential area. So, um, and that's a fairly common cap. Um, I know the guys at Sea Legs that opened in Brisbane recently have a two hundred thousand litre, and uh, I think Catchment Brewery at West End had similar sorts of problems. They weren't allowed to wholesale um, because that would have then brought in trucks and a whole lot of things um, in a, in what is the West End um, residential precinct. So yeah, okay. um, so so it's just one of those uh, things. But so is this has this got legs? Do you think? Will this get up? No, like, God, no, no, cause, no. Because if, if you if you and I had a I don't know if, a hairdresser's uh, so and, and somebody else wanted to open hairdressers, I can't complain because oh we've already got one. And and that's the thing, yeah. No, I, I don't think you can, and you can can't say, well, look, you know, um, I'm over here, and so my hairdressing chemicals or whatever are okay, but you know, down there, those those same hairdressing chemicals constitute a noxious uh, noxious uh, hazard. Um, you, could, you, could, you could be downwind. You could, could be down, you know, but, like downstream of a creek or something like that. So that yeah. may yeah, that may be not. Well, it may, okay. a watertight argument. Yeah, but but it, it, it's up to the the, the course to decide. I just think it's a little bit interesting that rather than embrace, you know, Townsville having been up there. They've got a really good craft beer pub um, um, up there. Its name escapes me just at the moment, and I, I should give them a shout-out because a really, really great little uh, craft beer venue there. Um, they've got the brewery and not much else. So, you know, having a, a, a venue like this, um, you know, creates that precinct where you, you, you start getting people, you know, as we talked about over Christmas, if this is big enough to draw people in, they are going to be exposed to craft beer and the, the, the brewery experience. Um, and it's going to be a little bit different, um, but it's competition for Townsville. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But to me, the other interesting thing is the Lions' strategy because 200,000 litres isn't a lot to produce. They're not going to go to all of the trouble to build a brewery just to produce 200,000 litres. They're hoping that you know one of the beers that they produce, um, you know, the Tiny Mountain being hyper-local, it gives, uh, you know, it, it, it gives that touch point or that consumer facing to, you know, what is these days a big impersonal brand. You know, Forex is dying, you know, so you've, you've got beers like Iron Jack that is made by the legendary brewing company because we don't want it to look like it's being made by the traditional big brewers. Tiny Mountain, once, you know, 200,000 litres isn't a lot to sell through a, a, you know, a reasonable sized venue. They're hoping that they, you know, get demand for one of their beers that they can punt it down to the Forex Brewery, um, and then send it out, you know, statewide or you know, grow it to scale a la Furphy and some of those other beers. Yeah, one of my favourite things to go with beer is cheese. Yes, mate. It was one of those stories. Like we're going through the Christmas uh, period where. Uh, not a lot of news happening, and so uh, news. Is, is it is it is it unkind to say that a lot of the real journo's are on holidays, and so the newsmakers are on holidays, the PR people aren't sending, um, you know, spoon feeding your news. So whoever's left, mate, I need, I need, I need a paragraph, or I need three pages, or whatever it is. You know, I need an article by this afternoon. Find something interesting. Find something interesting. So uh, yeah, we, we've we've had a plethora um, of. Craft beer is the new something. So, uh, New Zealand Herald: Craft beer is apparently the, or cheese is apparently the new craft beer, um, which is interesting. Um, well, because so, I would, I would almost have said that craft beer, particularly in Australia, almost has come off the back of things like the resurgence in, you know, farmers markets, paddock to plate, all that kind of concept, of which cheese I think is probably because everyone likes cheese. You know, you might not like blue, and you might like a, you know, a, a smoked cheddar or something like that. But, but everyone can kind of go, oh yeah, we'll pick up some nice cheddar and we'll get a, a camembert or a brie or whatever. 
and it's and, and talking to the producer or you know that sort of thing i would have said that's where we've then transferred that to beer rather than and, the other and, way around one of the reasons I love doing beer and cheese, apart from that they work so so well together, is the stories. Um, you know, people have just a you know, beer is beer. You've grown up drinking Forex. It's changing a little bit with craft beer, but um, you know, with cheese, you know that you know a supermarket cheddar is going to be like the next one, like the next one. It's nine dollars a kilo. Um, but then when you have a blue or a camembert, you don't say, "Ooh, gee, I could, I like the flavour of this, but I couldn't eat a lot of it the way you know." Um, you, 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 you hear all the time with uh, with, with beer um, because you know that there are these you know yeah you've got your cheese sticks that are you know your cheese slices that are for a certain purpose but then you've got all of these more exotic styles and then you also know that some of those exotic styles are made by artisanal manufacturers and some of them are facsimiles of that made by you know highly efficient industrial breweries um, but yeah so I, I, I actually think that um, it's the other way around that craft beer is a little bit like cheese, but that was one of the stories. And the other one, um... yeah, I was going to say, but backing onto that, can because we and this is something dear to us because we 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 dealt with this quite a bit um, at the two recent eckers, so this year's and last year's. Um, jerky seems to be kind of um, hashtag me tooing a little bit. It is. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? It, it is, and you know, we are seeing. Um, so jerky um, is coming up, and I'm, look, I'm a big fan of jerky, um, and I, I actually think that it's a, you know Australian for charcuterie, um, because <laughs> <laughs> bear with me, bear with me. Um, but you know, I have a cooked sirloin. <laughs> well, the oven on. but but look at any cured meat. Um, you know, like some of the things that we regard. Charcuterie is a bit of a stretch. Well, no, it, it, it is, but it's, you know, if, if you look at some of the, um, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, cured meats out of Italy or Spain, they're basically a way of preserving um, the, the, the pork. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. From days before refrigeration. A bountiful plenty. Jerky is is, is very much the same. Um, now, it, it doesn't quite have the um, cachet, but um, friends of ours are South African. They make their own uh, biltong. Biltong, um, yeah. And you go to their house uh, whenever they have drinks, and they have got all of this beautiful um, homemade biltong where they get you know really nice steak and sort of age it. They've got an old cabinet that they age it, and uh, you know once you get over your fear, oh Jesus, you, you've just aged this in your <laughs> TV room. Um, but it, it, it's beautiful, and it and it is something that is you know I, I think belongs on a um, you know a, a, if it's well made and it's not like called roadkill and you've bought it the um, you know yeah. ser- the, the servo. Yeah. Type thing, and that's actually killed the the perception of um, uh, jerky. But anyway, a, can, yeah. Can I suggest that the name ain't helping it either? No, no, because and it's it's, it's appealing to the Jackie House singlet um, truck driver, um, which again doesn't add value to any product. Um, but what we are seeing, um, paralleling craft beer, a lot of people are finding a commercial kitchen, and they're thinking, oh, there might be something in this jerky business, and they're starting to make it, and you know. They're going to makers' fairs and you know, um, you know yeah. farmers' markets, things like that, selling their jerky um, and, and calling it a boutique product. And because I, I noticed there's there's one within walking distance of your joint, Matt, and uh, which will be very handy for us when we're at the Ecker next year. A new one that's opened up in Bowen Hills that's describing itself as like the craft beer of yeah, jerky. jerky. Is yeah, um, we we uh, we're sort of like the craft beer of jerky. So uh, of jerky, yeah. Um, interesting, um, and, but it, it, I, I think it's all feeding into the same. We we do want. Um, 
to source from smaller providers, um, which is a little bit, you know, going back to the line, um, tiny mountain. Um, we don't want to feel that we're buying from big faceless corporations, um, even if we are. Um, and yeah, anyway, so just interesting that craft beer has become such a thing that there's no shortage of articles talking about what is going to be the next craft beer. Yeah. All right. Um, in other news, um, friend of the program, Tim Avadia who's joined us, um, well, I guess, most notably, uh, live in the um, the craft beer, uh, craft college, the, yes. um, the local tap house-sponsored craft college where we did uh, a live um, uh, brew and transfer. Brew and transfer, yes. And, and Tim very kindly offered to um, join us on the panel and um, have all his brewery's ads made fun of. No. <laughs> not, not quite, but he's not a very, very smart, uh, you know, FMCG marketer, um, and uh, you know has done very he's, well. He's, he's done very well, young fella. What's what? Share share the news with the listeners. Well, he's, after eleven he's years the country. at CUB, <laughs> he's just been promoted to global VP of Stellar Artois. Moved to uh, New York, um, and he's moved the family over there. And uh, yeah, so he is. Um, he was doing all sorts of you know, craft beer. Um, uh, roles for, for CUB here, but now he's um, hit the big time, as I say, in uh, New York as the uh, global VP for, for Stella, um, which is, uh, you know, congratulations to Tim. Well I've... done, Tim, because I'll tell you what, having just spent my first uh, couple of days ever in New York uh, back in July last year, um, the worst places you could live, like he's done pretty well. Oh, yeah, but also, like, if you think about it, you know, little Australia, you know, very small uh, fish in the AB InBev um, wheel, um, but he's, uh, you know, come to the attention of the powers that be and taken on, you know, one of the, you know, if you think of AB InBev's um, global brands, they don't get much bigger than Stella. Um, you know, it's it's one of the, the, the foundation brands for the business that came to be. What was it? it was It was... Ambev, and before that it was because um, uh, it was the South American. Ambev, the, yeah, then be, yeah, then became InBev, then became AB InBev. But even before it was Ambev, it was um, Mega Brew. Mega Brew was in there somewhere, wasn't it? I, I think so. Oh, but before that, yeah, it was Independent Brewers or something. Uh, it was, yeah, but it was so Stella, uh, make it one of the the big brands. So yeah, yeah. Um, huge, um, you know, wraps. Uh, I, I guess professionally for for Tim for doing it. I've reached out to him, and hopefully, uh, once he's got his feet comfortably uh, under the, mind you, maybe in New York they have stand up desks. Maybe they don't put their feet under the desk. Um, but uh, anyway, um, have a chat with him. Because he's good. It's a, it's an interesting brand that it is a big brand. It's a it's a national brand, but it's also a brand that I guess is struggling to find some relevance. And uh, one of my favourite beer writers, Pete Brown, um, back before he became a full time beer writer, worked in marketing and uh, advertising strategy. And Stella was one of Stella's, the yeah, that was one of the ones that really got him his um, earned him his spurs. And uh, yeah, it, it, if you go back to Pete Brown's blog um, and search for Stella, um, you'll find some really interesting insights into the brand and its relevance and the struggles that, that, that they've had. And, you know, a lot of people know that it was called Wife Beater, um, which, you know, was a big step away from when it was, its tagline was reassuringly expensive, um, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s. So anyway, um, we'll, yeah, look, I look forward to you know, digging a little bit deeper um, with Tim, um, finding out once he uh, uh, takes con- you know, full control of, of the brand. Yeah, meanwhile, our listeners are probably trying to mentally unpack this picture of um, a fish on a wheel. 
fish on a wheel. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. You used the expression. I don't know whether you were trying to go with like the hamster on the wheel or. Did I say fish on the wheel? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It, maybe that's what it sounded oh, at, like. I'm sure. I'm I can't sure think of. I'm, I'm sure it'll turn up in the opening mat, and we can listen back to it then. <laughs> I'm not sure that I said fish on the wheel. I can't think of what I'd said that sounded like that though. Joe. Well, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, flagship beers. And I've talked about this quite a bit. Um, and what Dave Benighton uh, from Mountain Goat delightfully described, or just uh, I guess really summed it up, um, he said, be, uh, hero beers and, and horsepower beers. So for him, Hightail Ale, uh, before the, the Asahi takeover, but, uh, had become their flagship. It was the hero beer. It was the one, oh, yeah, love Mountain Goat. Oh, one of my favourite beers, Hightail. But you couldn't find people who who really drank much of it, and their and 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 sales were were really declining. They brought steam ale in, which ticked all the boxes. Everyone loved it. Uh, there was a price point. It was approachable. It was understandable. All that sort of stuff. So it was just walking out the door. That was that was the the horsepower beer. So that was the one that was kind of powering their ability to brew beers like uh, Hightail and and the the specialty beers and the seasonals. Um, interesting article that, that that got quite a lot of shares um, in the last few weeks um which touches on this subject matt yes uh vine pair um hop take flagship beers are failing because consumers get bored quickly um off-premise sales of craft flagship brands are in steep decline according to a recent report from iri worldwide boston lager declined more than 14 percent new belgium's fat tire fell more than 19 percent and sierra nevada pale ale despite being the second best-selling craft brand in the country, is also in decline, although that percentage was not available at press time. And I think that, that's certainly being mirrored in, in a lot of the Australian brands. Like I would imagine that uh, a brewery that has, uh, you know, a, a standout sort of flagship beer. Um, and I'll look at, let, let's take Hawkers as an example, because they launched with just the their pale ale and then the Pilsner came not long after. I would suggest that those two beers certainly don't have the same traction that they they're certainly held in the same regard but i would think they'd be selling a lot more of rover they'd be selling a lot more of xpa a lot more of west coast ipa and then there's also the people going oh they've just put out you know they're about to release six different you know barrel aged um you know versions of of uh, a wheat wine or a barley wine and people want to go with those and, and we'll walk, you know sort of walk past you know aisles filled with flagship beers or is that still so but none of those beers like that. that that's I, I think you're right. They are. But when you say they're selling a lot more, they're selling a lot more SKUs. But are they selling a lot of volume of those beers? Because I really don't think you're ever going to sell. You know, Bolter's never going to sell as much um, double IPA for all of the hype. Um, you know, hype and hatred around it. They're never going to sell anywhere near as much of that as they are of the XPA. Um, yeah, but is, is that example too young? Are they too new? I, yeah, I, sorry. Like that, in, that, in, two year, in two years' time, are we going to be saying, oh, remember when everyone used to drink XPA, but now they're all looking for, you know, Captain Sensible, or they're all looking mm. for, you know, Black Metal Disco? Uh, well, it, yeah, but I guess the point I was making wasn't drawing an exact parallel, but volume-wise, these hero beers um, are, are falling, but I think it's the limited attention span um, that beer drinkers have and i mean cooper's is is a great example cooper's pale which as we saw last year had a big decline um in volume cooper's overall because yeah. 
um, it's very hard to stay relevant um, as you grow bigger for, for the reasons. It's a bit of a theme that's developed through this uh, episode, Prof, that you know consumers want small and local. They want a story, um, and it's very hard. You know, New Belgium is a fantastic brewery, but when you get to the scale that they do, you no longer see you know, your, your core beers don't seem to be niche and interesting, and they don't grab attention in a highly cluttered world. Um, and so they go into decline. Um, and you, know, you just sort of look at every time you walk into the, the, the local bottle shop, um, half the range that's there, um, like a good bottle shop, is going to be beers that you probably haven't seen before or your social media is filled with the latest limited release from breweries. Um, again, not big value. Breweries have to do it because they need to stay relevant. They need to keep people's attention. But I don't know too many breweries that are make, you know, they make their money from their core um call line yeah matt speaking of making money there's a brewery up your way um that has just released uh details of a now is it crowdfunding or is it private equity uh, private well uh, it, it's a it's a private it's a it's an equity crowdfunding <laughs> so um and, and and these guys well, we were of course talking about uh black hops um they, they they've done just about every type of uh equity raising or you know, fundraising uh, that you want. They, they started, when they started back in 2015, they did a crowdfunding, like an old school crowdfunding where if you give $50, you get your first carton free, um, you know, tra- traditional no, no equity. Um, yep. Then uh, they've had two um, off-market equity raisings from you know, private investors. Um, and including last year when they uh, raised a bit over one and a half million, they're aiming for two and a half million. They raised a bit over one and a half million um, for 16% of the company that valued the brewery at $15 million. Um, and that was to kickstart the uh, build of their Arundel brewery um, that's uh, well in development. And now they've just launched an equity crowdfunding um, where you can minimum investment of fifty dollars um, up to I think about ten thousand dollars to try and raise four hundred thousand dollars to uh, just sort of finish off you know put in the curtains and uh, you know uh, front doormat for the for the for the new brewery. That's an expensive doormat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting to see because it's kind of going back to the well one more time, isn't it? Um, but I guess if it's worked for them in the past twice, then why wouldn't you have another crack? Well, and you know, it's it's a and at the end of the day, it's it's the it's it's the classic capitalism, isn't it? I mean, the market will speak. If 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 people are can see that yes, they're growing. Yes, I'm happy with what they're doing. Um, the beers are solid. I like your business plan. Uh, you know, you're getting a share of the brewery. And you, yeah, exactly. Um, the, and the, the interesting thing for me is it's one of the things that fascinates me, and we've talked about it a little bit. Um, uh, you know, with the valuation for brew versus gauge roads, and you know, the, we we don't necessarily know what um, uh, for for pines or uh, pirate life sold for. You know, there, there are rumours or um, feral yeah. rumours bandied about. So it's very hard. Hundred, to hundred, hundred different figures for all of them. Yeah, um, probably none of them correct. <laughs> and um, trying to work out what the value of your business is, and you know, black hops from the figures I've seen. When they went for their equity crowdfunding last year, it was just on the back of them being named champion small brewery at the uh, AIBAs. Um, but they were somewhere just over half a million litres. I think their turnover for for the financial year to the to June 2018 was about $1.5 million or a bit over $1.5 million. But to produce a small loss um, 
uh, on on the back of that. Um, and so you're sort of thinking, well, you know, how much is a brewery worth? Um, you know, they've uh, pigeonholed, or they, they've sort of marked it against Parrot Dog and uh, um, Brew Dog's um, uh, capital raisings and uh, yeah. to try and come up with a value. And they sort of said, we're only two years old. We've got a lot of growth. We're on a big growth curve. That's only going to get bigger. But, you know, what is a brewery worth? And ultimately... It's up to consumers or up, up to investors to decide whether they think that they're getting good value for their um, for their hard earned that they're putting up, and whether yeah. they'll get a return on it. Whether they just like the idea of having a share in a cool brewery, or whether they're actually looking to get a return. Um, and uh, yeah, actually make it an investment. Mm. It'll be interesting to see. We wish I watch with interest and wish the boys well at the same time. Um, Matt, I think we're probably coming up on the the holiday cook limit. Because the reality is while people have more time, more leisure time, perhaps they're at not, this time of the year, they're also trying to cram a bit more into it. Unless they're out so, doing the lawn or sort of uh, taking some, you know, getting out and exercising, which is a good thing to do when you drink, when you enjoy beer. Um, no, that's right. But they also might be trying to catch up on lots of other podcasts that, um, you know, that they haven't had a chance to listen to. Because that, I know that's that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing three walks a day. You know? <laughs> walking up the shop or walking down to the butchers as well as doing my regular morning walks. I'm going, oh, I've got to listen to that podcast. <laughs> oh, mate, and thank you for the tip, uh, last podcast on the left. Thoroughly enjoying uh, that one. It, it's pretty good, isn't it? It is. I, yes. I don't know that we can take a lot of inspiration from it. Um, but certainly, yeah, it, 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 it's a lot of fun. We probably should start doing that a little bit more because I have actually, um, through a couple of other podcasts that I listen to, uh, have then been put onto. Um, oh, here, yeah! If you like this, here's another one that's that's yep. on our network. So I don't know whether maybe you know Radio Brews News becomes you know a podcast platform, and we and we you know foster and nurture all these these other. Po- although you know it's taken us. Ten years to get two hundred episodes, really, in it. So perhaps, perhaps we're not the nurturers. Hey, well, no, but, but uh, we, we've got a great producer. We're regular, um, you know, ish, um, pretty regular. It's all, it's all happening, and we 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 do listeners. We do have some uh, road trips planned uh, for this year, and we're not gonna, just going to plan them and just talk about them. We're actually going to do them. Yep. And the twenty seventh, uh, coming up on the twenty seventh of January, we'll have our hottest one hundred countdown. Prof's going to be live uh, in the for studio the first time for the so first time ever. Crossing, crossing to uh, the local tap house for for my thoughts. Um, I'll actually be up there with you. It'll be, and uh, we're going to be recording from Bolter. So last year we went to, and it was just a question of whether we go back to the same place. But Bolter, surprisingly, uh, are we jinx them. Uh, well, they, 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 we did them jinx them last year. Because um, it's fair to say, Matt, there was quite a little bit. Oh, you knew, you knew, and that's why you went there. Mate, well, no, we didn't, and that's no, not why we did. Because we'd done. It was know, as much a surprise. But look, you you got to figure. And I don't want to say the usual suspect, but you've got to you've got to assume that um, you know your uh, what is it your formula for calculating hottest one hundred success? Uh, rich it, versus it, hype squared. That's right, and it hasn't changed a lot. Um, we've we've seen the drop off of a uh, four pine, so presumably this year we'll see the drop off of, of pirate life. I would I would guess because there are more people now who would reserve their vote for. A truly independent. Well, Feral um, dropped off last year, remember? So Feral dropped off as well. It's hard to tell too whether oh, look, you know, some beers. Oh, look, they've just had a really good run. Uh, there are so many more beers available now, um, which really means if if you get into the top two hundred, if your beer is mentioned in the in the the two hundred top, you know, most. And this is not the best or the critically acclaimed. This is just yeah. I think we can put that whole argument. There's still going to be. Don't be one of those guys that says says, it's irrelevant. That's not the best beer in Australia. It's not about the best beer in Australia. There is no such thing as the single best beer in Australia. 
the, get these, in, these listen to it, enjoy that, it, and don't be a flog. Yep. They, they, these are beers that have created a lot of interest and have managed to get people to vote for them for whatever reason. Um, that's, that's right. And yeah, So listen to us. Listen to us because we'll be coming, to, uh, coming at you live. Just on that very quickly, Prof, and I know that we, we do want to wind this down, but it's been really interesting to see the way that breweries have, because everyone's out sort of hawking for votes and trying to you know, uh, marshal their um, supporters to you know, get them in to, to, to vote for their beers. Um, and it's interesting to see some breweries uh, have got the one beer strategy. You know, they don't want to sort of say, you know, here's our complete range, um, vote f- you know, for, for your favourite. They you know, put one of their beers forward hoping to get it you know, that they don't divide their vote. Um, other breweries are sort of yeah. putting some fairly obscure beers um, that you sort of think, gee, that's not really the beer that I would have thought um, would be the beer that I'd be pushing. Um, so, yeah, did, did, listeners, uh, keep an eye out for the strategies that you've noticed and send us your thoughts on uh, the effectiveness or otherwise of different brewery strategies. Oh, and Yeah, and two things quickly, because I'm, I'm sure, I know Steve Jeffers is listening uh, on his holidays. So, g'day, Steve. Um, so, first of all, apologies to... Steve's brother, hang on now, is it Chris or Richard? Richard from whichever one from Two Bays. Yes, and I think I, I, I think I, I named it Chris. Um, Chris then contacted Steve and said, "Oh look, I'm 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 stoked that you know Prof thinks I'm <laughs> part owner of a brewery, but I'm not." <laughs> um, so Steve contacted me to say, and I said, "Look, no worries, I'll I'll clear that up." So sorry, Richard, I Chris'd you instead of Richarding you. So. Uh, proper accreditation where it's due. But the second thing is, um, with the Hottest 100, I would love to see, and I don't know whether Steve can can manage this with the, the back end kind of thing, but to, to work out a almost like a, um, a ranking of the number of beers that you have available and the number of beers that you have available that get voted for and their relative position, you know, you get certain points for it. So you get kind of almost like a matrix of, uh, you know, one – one beer, one brewery that makes one beer that's just absolutely hyped out of, out of out off the planet, and everyone votes for it, and it it, it gets number one. You yeah. go, okay, that, that's really great. But there might be a brewery that sort of its best beer might have been seventeen, or it might have had one in the top ten, and then the rest were sort of you know scattered around. But if you kind of look at it through the prism of Actually, with the number of beers they've got and the number of votes, they've got, you know what they I mean? got votes across sixteen of their beers. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Um, because I, because I think that would look at. Would, I'm not trying to appease the the naysayers or anything in any way, but I think it would just give a bit more relevance to, um, and just another aspect of the of, of the poll to sort of say. All kudos, you know, well done. This beer, um, you know, the top ten brewers, you know, whatever it might have been, the top ten beers, but. In the same way that we've added on, here's the next 100, you know, so so the uh, the, the um, 101 to 200 beers, um, because that's where often a lot of the ones that, yeah, have a, a really good strong following, but just not enough, you know, people put it as their fifth beer rather than their first beer, and enough people put it in that it, you know, it, it's clearly a, a beer worthy of, you know, hottest um, categorization. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see how, how it sort of, how it, how it falls, which breweries do well overall without doing well specifically, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we can... There you go, Steve. There's a holiday project for you. You've got, <laughs> what's the date now? It's the, uh, it's the 10th of Jan. <laughs> you have 15 days. It's coming up quickly. So <laughs> It is. Anyway, listeners, thank you very much for joining us again for 2019. Um, 50 cards and letters coming in and your emails. We do have a couple which we're just banking and we'll do a few when we get a a few together because they're not sort of time critical or, 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 you know, subject relevant specifically to anything that we're talking about today. Yep. 
So, so we, we haven't dropped the mailbag. We're just letting it, letting the, our sack fill a little bit more before we share it with you. Mm. So, but uh, oh, very, very quickly, I need to thank our um, sponsors. I, I need to sort of uh, thank our good friends at Rallying's Label Stickers and Packaging, um, Prof. Who, uh, if, if you were this, to thank them, what, what sort of words would you use, Matt? This is uh, not just relevant to Rallying's, um, who, and you can find the number uh, in. Uh, the show notes, um, and I'll read it out in just a second. Um, but apparently, uh, podcasts have a very good track record for brand name retention. So, if there are other businesses that would like the success, generating sales inquiry, because everyone remembers Rallings labels, stickers, and packaging, um, who supply fully sleeved and palletized cans ready to be filled. And if you are a brewer and you are looking to get some uh, printed cans, then normally you must place a minimum order of sixty thousand plus. Sleeve cans look and feel like printed cans but with a smaller minimum order quantity. Labels on cans sometimes really miss the mark if you do not get the design right and can look cheap and unappealing, which means that the beer drinker may choose another beer over yours. Rallings labels, stickers and packaging supply fully sleeved and palletized cans ready to be filled. They will also print and hold sleeves and supply in batches as needed for each brew to make cash flow and storage easy. Pay for the ship printing up front and then pay per can and application as needed. And you can get in contact with Rallying through the show notes, or you can give them a call on 1300 852 235. That's 1300 852 235. And we thank Rallings for being great supporters of the podcast. Prof. Well, that's all the time we have um, before we breach the cook limit. But um, welcome back. Thank you very much for joining us again in 2019. And uh, welcome back to all of those who have joined us on the journey on the 200 previous episodes. For those of you who are new to it, welcome. Uh, it does get better as we warm up. Um, Matt, thanks very much. Thank for you, Prof. contribution yet again. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of days after. Uh, well, we'll talk again next week when we record. We will. No worries. Talk to you next week. We are out.